In the book of Matthew 26 and 66, the leader of the land, the ruler, said, What think ye? And they answered and said, He is guilty of death. You know, a few weeks ago, Zane and I was, I don't know what, I don't remember what we was doing, but he said, O.J. Simpson. And I said, yeah. He said, did he do it? I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he done it. He said, do you remember all that? You remember the trial? I said, yeah, I remember the trial, I'm the, the Ford Bronco and the chase. He said, you think he done it? I said, yeah, I think he done it. I think he's guilty. He said, well, how come he got off? I said, well, I don't know, good lawyers. I don't know. He got off. These people had been around Jesus and they had seen Jesus. They had witnessed the miracles that he did. They had watched him live and raise the dead. No doubt they had heard all about him. And you and I have a perspective, and from our perspective, he's a good man. Not just a good man, a wonderful man. He was a sinless man. And here all these people say, he's guilty. And not just guilty a little bit, he's guilty of death. Kill him. Guilty. I want you to think about this word with me. Guilty. To be bound to punishment for crime. Now we all feel guilty. Every one of us at one time or another. And if we don't, something's wrong. If you don't feel guilty, something ain't right in your head. And I'll tell you, we can all say something just like this. Let me give you a couple of news clippings. Joseph Rise, age 29, will be put to death on October the 21st. Convicted of breaking into a rural home in Hopkins County in northeast Texas, fatally shooting the man who was sleeping there and driving off in his car. Rise was 19 at the time of the slaying of 64-year-old Robert Ratliff. Shot him to death. Sleeping. Bobby Wayne Woods, age 42, will be put to death on October 23rd. Convicted of the 1997 murder of Sarah Patterson, the 11-year-old daughter of his ex-girlfriend. The child and her 9-year-old brother were abducted from their home in Granbury, about 25 miles southwest of Fort Worth. She died after her throat was slashed. Her brother Cody was choked into unconsciousness but survived. Eric Nino, age 47, to be put to death on October 28th, convicted of the 1995 rape and strangling of a seven-year-old neighbor girl, Nicole Benton, in Hockley, about 30 miles northwest of Houston. Two days after she disappeared, the girl's body was found in the attic of Nino's home. Gregory Wright, age 42, on October the 30th, he'll be put to death. Wright, who was homeless, was convicted of taking part in the 1997 fatal stabbing of, Donka, of Donna Duncan Vick at her home in DeSoto, about 15 miles south of Dallas. Duncan, a 52-year-old widow, regularly ministered to the homeless 
and had given right food, shelter, and money. This is a quote from Donna Duncan Vick's family. When it comes to what he did to our family, I think he deserves it. Put to death. He's guilty. And we read these accounts of things that happened right here in Texas. And we read those things and we think guilty. They're very easy. Can you imagine if one of our widow ladies was murdered helping people? Or one of our young ladies was strangled? I'll tell you, it'd be very easy to go. Deserves it. Deserves it. But these people looked at Jesus. And they felt the same way. That he needs to die. But you know, all these people that we've talked about, these people that were really strangers to us, what they've done is sin. They committed sin. And we can look at those things and easily categorize. And because a lie is a sin, and I don't like to be lied to. Betrayal is a sin, and I don't like to be betrayed. And murder's a sin. And we can just categorize these things to worse and worse and worse. And it's real easy to look at somebody and say, well, not as bad as he was. I'm not as bad as he was. Or I'm not as bad as she was. I didn't do something as bad as she did. And I've not been on a jury, and I pray I'm not. But God's the juror. He's the judge. I'll tell you what else. He's the executioner. And you're in God's eyes every day. And this question must be considered. What is sin? They believe Jesus did wrong. They believed he deserved to die. And you and I can feel the same way. And feel that it was just for someone to hang. Or be executed. Or lethal injection. We might feel that way when one of the kids at school who's always breaking the rules and always being mean and always in trouble and they finally get licks, we go, he deserved it. <laughs> deserved it. And that's good. Or we might feel that way to our own child when we ground them from their cell phone or whatever and we'll say, you had it coming. You had it coming. And we believe in justice. And it's aggravating to think of somebody who does wrong and gets away. And that's the reason my son said, what about OJ? Because we feel justice wasn't done. And that's not right. But I want to talk to you about sin. In 1 Corinthians 15 verse 56 he says, The sting of death is sin. And I struggled with understanding this passage for some time in my life, but what helped me was the, uh, the thought, the sting that brings death is sin. 
And I want to tell you, when a person commits sin, when you commit sin, it's a sting. And it's going to produce what a sting produces. You get sting by a wasp or you get bit by a red ant, there's going to be a sting and it's going to produce some pain and swelling. And if you're an unlucky person who's allergic to those things, it certainly would kill you. The sting that brings death is sin. What is sin? Something that brings death. That's what sin does. Sin doesn't bring good. It doesn't bring a blessing. It brings death. John, 1 John rather 5 verse 17, he says, All unrighteousness is sin. So we've kind of got a specific way of looking at sin here in 1 Corinthians 15. But 1 John 5 is a very broad term. Anything that's unrighteous, anything not right, that's sin. So I want to look at a couple of others. 1 John 3 verse 4. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is a transgression of the law. And we can all understand that when you're speeding and you're going 85 mile an hour and the limit says 75 and you get pulled over and you get a ticket, you really can't go, well, that ain't fair. It is fair. You broke the law. And God has given us a law in His wisdom. It's a law that's good for us. God has given blessing and He's given us virtue through His Word and we can read and study that Word. And so we've got to think about the fact that when we break God's law, it's sin. And sin is a sting and it brings death. That's what it does. Matthew 15 verses 8 and 9. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and they defile the man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies. Don't you know those men who were put to death, they looked at a child and they had a thought in their heart to kill. In anger, in hate, it came from the heart to strangle and stab it comes from the heart. And I'm going to tell you the truth. Sin comes from our heart. We determine to lie or to deceive or that we won't do what God has said you must do. That's sin. It's unrighteousness. It comes from the heart. Galatians 5, 19 to 20. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, Fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and of the like. Of the which I tell you before, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I suppose everyone here today who's reached that point of accountability in life, if I said, raise your hand if you've done one of these things, every hand. Now there's probably some young people here or some babies that couldn't raise a hand. Who hadn't had a point of selfish ambition in their life? Or an outburst of wrath? 
And we take those things and we scoot them over here in a quarter and we say, well, I was angry or I was tired or I was hurting or, or we make all kinds of excuses. I'll tell you, God don't do that. Sin is sin with God. It's a sting. It brings death. It's the idea. Proverbs 24, 9, the thought of foolishness is sin. I read this one time. I suppose I'd never read it. If I had read it, I hadn't noticed it. I read that. I thought, man, I'm in trouble. How many times do you think something foolish? Something that you shouldn't think about. Something you shouldn't dwell on. Some idea. Some thought about some person who you have no idea. They don't like me. They're mad. They're mean. They're... We pass judgment on people in our heart. It's foolish. The scorner is an abomination to men, he says. Titus 3, 3, For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lust and pleasure, living in malice and envy, hateful, and hating one another. And I'll tell you, if we do these things, we're guilty. James 4, 17, this one just catches everything else. You may be sitting there going, hadn't done it, hadn't done it, hadn't done any of those things. To him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not to him it's sin. I'll tell you, that co that co that'll cover everything else. How many times do we know something we need to do, it's good? But we don't. That's sin. So what does God think about it? Well, we know our attitude. We know our feelings. In Psalms 115, or rather 11, verse 15, The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked, and him that loveth violence his soul hateth. He don't just dislike it. He hates it. He can't stand it. He can't be around it. He won't be around it. He won't let it slide. Deuteronomy 25 verse 16. All that do such things and all that do unrighteously are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. <clears throat> the Lord trieth the righteous. I want you to think about it. He trieth the righteous. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts your thoughts. I think about how God looks at sin, and I think about how God has looked at me. And I think I can't, I can't be as good as you. I can't be sinless. I think I can't never get angry. I dare say I'll have a hard time going the rest of my days without having some outburst of wrath. If I don't say it, I'll probably think it. Or some lustful thought. Or some point of jealousy. I want you to notice Romans chapter 1 verse 29. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God. He says despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents. Did you ever do that? Me and my sister done that one time. One that I remember. 
Mom and Dad went to the movies. She said, we don't have to be home at curfew. They're gone to the movies. We'll stay out later. Here come that red pickup. Man, my heart just, oh, man. We know it was wrong. It's foolish. It's disobedience. Not just to Mom and Dad. It was disobedient to God. Without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. Why? Because sin is a sting that brings death. And we live our lives down here below, and we think that's later. That's when you're old. I'm going to tell you, folks, it's today. Because there's physical death and there's spiritual death. And I'm going to tell you, one is worse than the other. Spiritual death. Much worse than physical death. <clears throat> have you sinned? The Bible says you have. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know, I met a man one time many years ago. He said he didn't sin. I said, beg your pardon? He said, I don't sin. And I said, I, I don't think, that, no, that can't be. <laughs> he believed it. Grown man. 65 years old? You think he never sinned? Well, don't deceive yourself. 1 John 1 verse 8, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. I brought the verse up to the man. <laughs> Maybe you need to think about this. We sin. Every one of us sins. And maybe we don't recognize it if we're a little younger. As we grow up, maybe as we're a young person, we don't feel a sense of guilt. Maybe. But I'll tell you, as we grow and mature, we certainly do. If we deceive ourselves, the truth's not in us. In John, 1 John 3, verse 8, He that committeth sin is of the devil. I'll tell you, I don't want to be of the devil. I'm not on his side. I'm not on his team. And even though I may goof up, I'm not from the devil. I want you to notice what he says. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that, we might, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Well, I'll tell you, now that's what it sounds like I need a little help from. I need help from Jesus. Romans 5, 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. You can't leave this building today if you've reached an age of accountability and say, I haven't sinned. You can't do it. Because you have. And if you're honest with yourself today, you think about it. Have you sinned? Yes. Yes. <clears throat> Ezekiel 18.20 The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The sting that brings death is sin. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. The son shall not bear the iniquity of the father. 
Neither shall the Father bear the iniquity of the Son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him. What's this verse saying? Jalen ain't going to have to pay for Josh's sins. That's good. <laughs> I'll tell you, Josh is not going to pay for Jalen's. I'm not going to pay for my father's sins, and he's not going to pay for mine. You're going to pay for your own. You're responsible. You are responsible. You know, over in Proverbs, it says, even a child is known by his doings. And you are responsible for your sin. And that's what this passage is saying. The righteousness of the righteous, it's on you. If you do good, that's on you. You're responsible. But the wickedness of the wicked is on you too. If you do wrong, then it's on you. James puts it this way in James 1.15. When lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. The wickedness of the wicked. The sting that brings death is sin. Romans 6.23 The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I hope we've established what sin's price is. The cost of sin is death. And you know what? You can not like it. You could scream and holler. You could go hire you a lawyer. And you can say it's not fair or it's not right. But this is God's law. Sin brings death. And the wages for living in sin is death. Young or old, rich or poor, that's the idea. Hebrews 9.22 And almost all things are the by the law, purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood is no remission. There's only one answer to the sins in your life, and it's the blood of Jesus. Someone else has to pay the price, or you die. That's it. Because you can't pay for your sin. John 4.10, herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Pro propitiation is a hard word. It's not a word we use. But essentially it means a payment for our sins. It means appeasement or the means of appeasing to satisfy. And so there's a man standing there in a courtroom and he's looking up at a judge and the judge bangs his gavel and he says, Guilty. Guilty. You've got to pay. What's it going to be? A fine? Jail time? And he says, death. Death. If you commit sin, you're going to die. But here's the love of God. He sent his son Jesus to pay or appease the judge. To satisfy the judge. And Jesus died in your place. And when the judge says, take him away, they led Jesus away for you. Where you should pay, 
Jesus will pay. Isaiah 53, 6, And all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own, own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. God will take your sin and put it on Jesus. And watch him die and be satisfied. That's the idea. Isaiah 53.10 Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. They're going to take Jesus and make him an offering. A sacrifice. And that is the price that must be paid. Because the sting that brings death is sin. And when you commit sin, death is coming, either for you or for Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5, 21, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You know what? I want to be right. I know you want, you want to be right. I don't like to feel guilt. It's miserable. It's soul crushing to know you're wrong. When you realize those things, you need help, you need relief. And I'll tell you, the answer is Jesus will become sin for us. And he will take our sins and he will pay the price for sin. Galatians 3.13, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law and being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. And so Jesus hung there and paid the price. 1 Peter 2.24, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. You know, Jesus, <clears throat> after they whipped him, and I want you to imagine this, I want you to see this as I say it. There's a gate in a courtyard, and here's a bloody man dragging a cross. And they go up to this hill. And these soldiers put this cross in a hole like a post and two more. And they nail him there. He's hanging, bleeding. Hanging there. We, we think about how miserable that was. But I want you to know what else hung there. Our sins. Not just the body of Jesus. Your sin. Your pride. Your lies. Your disobedience to your parents. Your drunkenness. Your lust. Your hate. Your jealousy. Your envy. We just go on and on through every one. Is he guilty? And every one of us, if we were there, and they started nailing him, an innocent man, 
And if they took those nails and began to drive and said, it's for you, this is for you, we would think, well, that ain't fair. That ain't right. But we, he took our sins on him. Our unrighteousness. Our wickedness. Because the sting that brings death is sin. He took our guilt. And you might say, well, who is guilty? Who should pay? I'm guilty. I should pay. I don't expect Beverly to pay my speeding ticket. He didn't do it. In Romans 5 verse 8, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The death was died. The, the cost was paid. Romans 1 verse 32, Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Who's guilty? I am. And who paid? Jesus did. For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled you shall be saved by his life. I want you to listen very closely. If you commit sin, you're the enemy of God. God hates it. He hates sin. He don't hate you. He hates sin. But sin's going to be punished because it brings death. And we can be reconciled. We can not be God's enemy. We can be God's friend. In Revelation 1 verse 5 from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings and the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Jesus' blood washes sins. Jesus' blood will cleanse. And every sin that you commit is on the cross. Now I want you to think about this with me just for a minute. Every Christian that's ever lived, if they live faithfully, every sin they commit goes there. And the price is paid. And we are reconciled to God. He says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. And certainly we have a responsibility to live the best that we can, to walk in the light and live the life of a Christian. You cannot turn away and walk away from God. You cannot forsake the Lord. As we read about in Hebrews chapter 10, there were people there who just turned their back and they walked away and they forsook the Lord and the church. And You can't do that. You've got to walk in the light and follow the Lord. And from time to time, we're going to mess up. From time to time, we're going to fail. And from time to time, we're going to sin. And we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And the way that you have forgiveness and the way that you have the blood is to be baptized into Christ. Very simple thing. The death, burial, the resurrection of Jesus. And when you come up out of this water, it's just water. But you're washed in blood. 
When you come up out of that water, you're adopted into the family of God. You become a child of God, not an enemy, not hated, loved and beloved. And every sin you commit, if you'll repent, it goes on the cross. It goes on the Lord. Every sin, every wrong, for as long as you live, or you pay yourself. You pay for your own sin. And I'm going to tell you where you're going to do that. In judgment, he will say, depart from me. And you will pay for your sin in hell. And you want to know something? That's fair. That's fair. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.